0: This is going to be our last message in our Get Wise series where we've been going throughout the Proverbs, looking at different topics. What is the wisdom God has for us for these things? Because in the Bible, there's a lot of this is right, this is wrong. But when it comes to the life, there's a whole realm of things. It's like, well, what do I do in this situation? It doesn't seem right or wrong. You need wisdom for those things. So we've looked at a number of different topics. We've talked about using your words, conflict, marriage, money, uh, work all sorts of different areas of life and today we're going to finish up this series by talking about friendship. Talking about friendship. And next week we're going to start a new series called Come and Follow. We had a really cool video at the beginning of this service for those of you who are lucky enough to be here. And everyone should be here at the start of the service. A little reprimand right there. Let's get a little you guys are missing stuff. Um, But yeah, this Come and Follow series is going to be great starting next week. And it's going to be really our vision series. I want to share where we're going as a church and how Jesus is calling us. To follow him. So today we're talking about friendship. True friendship. What is it? What is it? Um, my wife uh, and I lived in Colorado for a while. My wife grew up in Utah and I grew up here in Colorado. And after going to seminary, I, I got my first call as a pastor to go to Nebraska. To a small town called Gibbon. Never been in Nebraska, so we moved there. And it was an older church when we first got there. There was one couple that was under 45. So they were kind of close to our age. So we we met some great families in the church, but a lot of the couples were older than us. It was hard to have friends. And then this one couple who was our age decided to move to Alaska after six months there when we were there. And we were like, oh no. And I remember my wife and I just prayed that night after we found out they were moving. We said, God, give us friends. God, we need friends. Give us friends. We just need some people that are our age so that we can share life with them. And God answered that prayer. I thought it was kind of a selfish prayer at the time, but I, I think God wants us to have friends, as we'll talk about today. And that very next Sunday, we had three young couples show up at the church. And we said, hey, join our small group. that just started right then. They didn't. And we started to have some friends. And there was another family, and they're actually here joining us today from Nebraska. It's so great to have some of our friends that we made during that time period. Um, Neil and Jamie Olson and their boys are here for the weekend. Neil and I are going to go run up, run the Fortitude tomorrow morning in Fort Collins. 10 Pray for me. But it's so great to have his friends because we needed them. We realized we had moved. We didn't know anybody. We needed friends. Has anybody been there? You've been there? Some of you are there right now. Maybe you've just moved. Maybe you started a new job. Maybe you've gotten out of a relationship and all of a sudden you realize, I need some new friends. Or, or I need some better friends because the ones I have aren't, aren't cutting it right now. We're all longing for those true friendships in our lives. We want the deep friendships that we can connect with. And that's what we're talking about today, because I think that's a longing in our human hearts. Did you know that when God created the entire universe, He said everything was good except one thing? Did you know that? There's one thing He said wasn't good. For man to be alone. Wasn't good. We are made for relationship. Even our Father in Heaven needed relationship, because it's the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's a trinity, there's relationship in God himself and he created us in his image. We long for relationship, we need it. And that's why we're going to talk about how to find and be the true friends that we need in our lives. So uh, today in in the bulletin you can follow along and take some notes. All the verses we're covering are there, we're going to have them on the screen too. And we're going to look at three ways to find true friendship. Three ways to find true friendship. And here's the first one. Choose your friends carefully. Choose your friends carefully. In Proverbs twelve twenty six, we read, The righteous choose their friends carefully. You're wondering where I got that point. <laughs> but the way of the wicked leads them astray. The righteous, the wise people, the people that are living the right way, choose their friends carefully. But the way of the wicked leads them astray. This word choose in the Hebrew is a word that could also be translated as like seeking out, searching. It's the same word that's used when spies in the Old Testament are going out for reconnaissance, to find out information. They're sneaking around because they want to find the right information, right? That's what spies do. That's the same way we need to seek and look after and search for true friends. We need to be actively working on this to carefully choose friends. Most people just fall into friendships. They fall into friendships because there's people around them. And there's some very good things about that. There's some very good things about that. But uh, sometimes it's just like, well, I guess we're friends because you're on my dorm floor. Or, or you're in the cubicle next to mine. Or, or you have you know, kids that are the same class as mine. We just fall into these friendships. And those can be good. Those are organic relationships. But sometimes we get into these relationships with people that aren't true friends. Because we're not actively seeking out the true type of friends we need to be looking for. And we need to do that carefully. We need to do that carefully. We need to choose those people well. Throughout the Proverbs, there's a number of Proverbs that talk about type of friends you don't want. You don't want. So if you just fall into these relationships, it's going to hurt you. For example, it says, don't be friends with a hot-tempered person. Because if you're around someone who's angry all the time, you're going to become angrier. You know, they're always ranting about something. You're going to start ranting about that. You're going to pick up their language. Don't be friends with those who drink too much, Proverbs say, because you're going to spend all your money drinking too much and eating too much. Yeah, the friends you're around waste money on things, and you're going to be able to waste money on those things that you don't even care about. It says, don't be friends with the people who are wicked. Sometimes we kind of envy the lifestyle, some people that are sinful, and when you get involved with them, it leads your life down the wrong way. It also says in the Proverbs, don't be friends with those people who are foolish. Those who are foolish, because they will get you into foolish, stupid behavior as well. We need to be careful about our friends. In 1 Corinthians 15:33, the NIV says, "Bad company corrupts good character." And I like the ISV translation. It says, "Wicked friends leads to evil ends." If you're around the wrong type of friends, it can lead your life completely astray. You didn't want to end up in jail. You want to end up involved in this activity, and all of a sudden you find yourself there. Why? Because of the friends you chose, or you fell into the relationship. That's why we need to be careful about the friends we choose. Who are our friends? C.S. Lewis wrote that friendship makes good men better and bad men worse. The type of friends you have will shape and mold your character, who you are, one way or the other. And if you're wise, you're going to choose the people who are, will be good and help shape you to the way that you're supposed to be. By bad friends, you can get infected by them. Their jokes that are coarse and and vulgar, you're going to start joking that way. Their language, you're going to join in that language. The, The substances they use or abuse, the addictions they have, the idols they worship, you're going to start doing those things too just because you're around those people. That's what happens. That's what happens. So we need to be careful about the friends we do choose. So how do we know then How do we know, then, who are the good friends? Because that's tough. Well, I don't want to be led astray by some bad friends. And C.S. Lewis has a great book called The Four Loves. And one of those loves is friendship. And it's a great book I encourage you to read, especially that chapter on friendship. And in it, he says this. The typical expression of opening friendship would be something like, What? You two? I thought I was the only one. This is how friendships begin. You begin talking to someone and you realize they see things the same way you see things. They laugh at the same things you find funny. They hold the same views that you have and you think, I didn't think anybody else thought that way. And all of a sudden you find a kindred spirit. That's how friendships are born. So we need to find these people that that have those things. Sometimes it begins with, hey, we like sports, we like doing this activity together, and then you find there's something deeper that you agree about. That's what we need to look for in friendships. Search it out. Seek, Seek it like a spy seeking information. And what's even more important, we need to have the deepest things in our lives that we share if you want true friendship. The deepest things. In Corinthians, of course, we're taught to not be unequally yoked. We talked about this in relationship to marriage a few weeks ago. But this applies just as much to friendships. If you want a true friendship, you've got to find someone who shares the same faith that you have. Who has the deepest views and beliefs that you have and you share together. Because then you're going to have a deeper, truer friendship so where should you find some friends that you share your faith with maybe your church okay. you guys have a community right around you, I know some of us are like, okay I'm here I'm learning, I'm worshipping, this is great and then boom, you book it as soon as church is over you've been there this is actually a great place to meet some true friends, you can begin to make those relationships, so stay after the service or, or if you can't, come early Grab coffee and talk to someone you don't know Find someone and say Hey, do we share something in common? And you know an even better way to make true friends? Join a community group Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, Bill was talking about our community groups This is a great way Because then you get to talk about those deep things A lot of times you just talk about shallow things with people Even at church it's hard to get in those deep relationships And you start coming to a community group And you're discussing more important things The truths of faith The things that are going on in your life And you develop these true friends So I challenge you to join a community group. Join a community group. This is the best way in our church to make those relationships. I encourage you to do that. You can sign up today. You can sign up next week. There's all sorts of different groups, meeting all sorts of times and nights and mornings. So find one of those groups. And and if you're thinking, well, Matt, I've tried a group and it didn't work for me. We'll try a different one. Not everyone is going to be a true friend. Not everyone is going to agree with you on everything. Maybe you need to just try a different group. Or if you're saying, Matt, I've tried those groups and it's not for me right now. It's not for me right now. That's not what I need in my life. Well, maybe someone else in the group needs you. Hmm. Maybe that group isn't just for you, but you can be the one in the group and they need you as a friend. So that's my shameless plug for community groups. Shameless. Because the reality is the church is a perfect place to make true friends. In fact... Did you see this uh, news story in the Denver Post earlier this year? There's an atheist group, an atheist group that wanted to start their own community that meets on Sunday mornings because they wanted the friends they had in church. Before the this is true. Barb Sonwald, who is one of the founding members of this secular atheist group that meets in Denver, said this. There was a small group of us looking for the type of community that a church provides. Churches are great places to find friends, to find comfort during difficult times and to meet others. This is an atheist, remember? But none of us were religious, so we didn't want to go to a church. Well, guess what? You're here at church. So, you don't need to join the atheist group. You're here, make some friends in this church. Make some deep relationships. If you meet someone that you think, maybe we could be friends, take them out to coffee, go on a walk. You can date them a little bit like that. Friend dates. I don't know what you there's got to be a better name than that. Okay, but just hang out with them. Okay, say, hey, after church, let's get lunch together. Well, let Come over to my place. We're going to watch the game. Okay, this is a great way to develop relationships. So the first point is choose your friends carefully. Don't just fall into relationships. If you want true friends, you're going to have to actively seek out true friends. The second thing, once you find these relationships, you're going to begin to realize that they're shaping you then, not for the worse, but for the better. They're going to help you develop your character and become the person you're supposed to be. And our second point, therefore, is sharpen and be sharpened by your friends. Sharpen and be sharpened by your friends. Proverbs 27:17 says, "As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. So one person sharpens another." Now, I, I, I couldn't find the iron. But uh, Randy was kind enough Randy Winnem was kind enough To let me uh, borrow this So I could sharpen a blade for you If you've ever sharpened a blade oh, You've got to be careful with this one. Um, You know that it, it's kind of rough On the blade, isn't it? You can hear that As, as pieces of the metal are, are getting roughed off That's what true friendships Are supposed to do They're supposed to sharpen Each other okay? Some people are scared now This is what we're supposed to do In our community groups In our friendships, we're supposed to sharpen and be sharpened by one another. I say that because in the ancient world, they used iron in particular. They didn't have steel developed yet. That technology hadn't been discovered. But they used iron because iron was the best metal to keep a point. To make and keep a sharp point. Was iron. So that's why they used iron. So, in the same way that iron sharpens each other and, and it makes the iron better, it makes it a sharp blade that's useful or a tool that can be used for, for good work. That's what we're supposed to do to each other. And, and you know what? It's not always going to feel great. You think that knife feels great as it's getting sharpened, right? But that's what you're supposed to do as you sharpen and make each other better. Howard Hendricks said that, he said, Show me a man's closest companions. And I can make a fairly accurate guess as to what sort of man he is. As well as what sort of man he is likely to become. The the people that you surround yourself with will sharpen you. And if you choose the right friend, they'll sharpen you to be a better person. Better than you ever could be on your own. They'll they'll bring out things in you that you didn't know you had. And the the things in you that you you didn't even know were weaknesses or problems, they're going to call you out on. They're going to sharpen you. Sharpen away those things so that you become the person you're supposed to be. Most of us know who Ulysses S. Grant is. Of course, he was the general for the Union and he was the general who actually came in after a slew of um, generals who couldn't quite, quite, it, quite cut it. And he came in and he was the general who really brought all the forces of the North together and was able to win the Civil War. We also know that he became the 18th President of the United States and is even found on our $50 bill if you're lucky enough to have one of those. He's pretty famous in U.S. history. There's statues, monuments to him. You read about him in your history books. But who in here has heard of John Rawlins? Anybody? There's one history buff in the first service. who's like, I don't know who that is. John Rawlins John Rollins was a friend of Ulysses S. Grant. They were from the same town. And when Grant became the, general, the commanding general of the uh, Union forces... John Rawlins became his chief of staff And John Rawlins knew Ulysses S. Grant And he knew about some of his vices In particular Grant was prone to drunkenness He liked his drink And Rawlins made Ulysses S. Grant Swear and made him a pledge Do not get drunk You can't be drunk You have an important job to play So he made him at the very beginning of the war And then as time went on And he kind of fell off the wagon a few times John Rollins was always there to pick him back up and say, you can't do this. And encourage him when he needed encouragement. And always was helping him so that Ulysses S. Grant became the person that we know. That very few of us, maybe none of us have ever heard of John Rollins. But Ulysses S. Grant became the man he was supposed to be because of his friend sharpening him. Sharpening him. I'm sure it didn't always feel great. I'm sure sometimes he just wanted a drink. And it's the same thing with our true friends We're sharpening each other And we're being sharpened by them So in a community group When you have these true friends You can pray for each other You can encourage each other When someone falls down Or is doing what they're not supposed to The other people kind of pick them back up And say, what are you doing? You've got to get back on track The way you're supposed to This means also that we're going to need to be sharpened too, right? We don't just sharpen others But we need to be sharpened So we've got to be humble and realize we don't have to figure it figured out and sometimes we're wrong sometimes way wrong and when someone calls us out we need to listen and be humble about it because here's the next thing that friends say the tough word our next proverb is 27.6 which declares wounds from a friend can be trusted but an enemy multiplies kisses interesting wounds from a friend being pro- poked and prodded and stabbed even maybe by a friend if it's done right You know you can trust that person Even when it kind of hurts your feelings Or say the thing that really ugh, Got under your skin But if they're the true friend They're trying to push you in the right direction They're calling you out When you're falling into sin When you're just like ah, I don't need church anymore They come after you and say no, 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 you need this community You need God in your life That's what true friends do for each other They sharpen and are sharpened By one another So we, we shouldn't surround ourselves with the friends who just say the things we want to hear. The friends that are like, oh yeah, you know, your husband should never be, what an awful dude. Okay? No, you want the friends who are going to be like, you need to go ask for forgiveness or you need to go and tell him what's going on. You want the friends who are going to bring you back together. You know, politicians, leaders, CEOs, a lot of times make the mistakes of being surrounded by the yes men, don't they? They find all these people who agree with them and tell them they're doing a great job and then groupthink happens in the negative sense of the word because Uh, nothing good is being said George Patton, the other general said if everyone is thinking alike then somebody isn't thinking you want friends who are going to think a little differently and, and call you out when you're wrong that are going to have different opinions about certain things the reality is that you need to have a friend that cares about you and we need to be the friends that care about each other and that's our third point now Be there for your friends at all times. Be there for your friends at all times. This is what a true friend does. Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. A friend loves at all times, and that friend can move to the point where they're even closer than a brother or sister. They're like family, they're like blood because they're so close and there for you in adversity. It, at all times. I think one of the best illustrations of this type of true friendship comes from the Lord of the Rings. The Lord of the Rings. And the hobbits are, are such good friends. And when Frodo is given the task to carry the ring to Mount Doom, one of his other friends, Mary, says to him, He says, You can trust us to stick with you through thick and thin, to the bitter end. You can trust us to keep any secrets you stash closer then you keep it yourself. You cannot trust us to let you face trouble alone. And go off without a word. We are your friends, Frogo. I don't care what you're doing. We're going to be there thick and thin. At all times, a friend is there for each other. And it says at all times, beginning of 1717, at all times. And I say that because you need to be there for your friends in good times and in bad. And sometimes it's the good times that are hardest to be you by your friends because maybe something isn't going good in your life. Things aren't going the way you thought they should be going. That person has the career you wanted, or the spouse, or the kids that you wanted, or the thing happening. And it's hard, but Romans 12:15 tells us, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. We need to do both things for our friends. We need to rejoice when they're enjoying their life, even when it's hard. So instead of that spirit of jealousy that we can have when the other person has what we want, we need to change that and say, Their success is my success. Their joy is my joy. And that's a hard thing to do sometimes. But we need to celebrate the other friends in our life. That's what a good friend does at all times. But it's also on the other thing. Just weep with those who weep. Even if things are going well in your life, if your friend is struggling, going through hardship, lost someone they care about, you need to be there. You saw Ariel up here today, and her heart is broken over what's going on in Houston. Those of you who maybe aren't from Houston or... You're you're far removed from it. You don't feel what she feels. But we need to weep with her as a friend. And we need to say, what's on your heart is going to be on my heart. We need to develop that spirit of empathy for each other. Develop that spirit of empathy. When they lose someone important in their life, you're there at the funeral. You're sending cards. And when everybody else forgets about it six months later, you're there again. Because they're still feeling the hurt. You know, I encourage you to use your smartphones, because it's hard for us to remember somebody else's misfortune six months later. But you can use a smartphone and say, Hey Siri, remind me in six months to call that friend. To be there for them and do something special, take them out to Starbucks. That's a great way that you can be that true friend at all times for someone else who needs it. You can weep with those who weep. Proverbs eighteen twenty four says that one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. We want that true friend, the the brother. Or or else our lives will come to ruin. We need friendships in our lives. We need people around us who will help us. And and these brothers, these sisters that are close friends, they're hard to find. They're hard to develop. It takes years. You won't have very many of them. They're rare. When you find them, be there for all times for that person. In California, there's a national monument, the Muir Woods. Some of you have been there. It's this big stand of sequoia trees. Sequoia trees, and and a lot of them are over 250 feet tall. And many of them have been around for almost 1,500 years. Incredible that they've been able to withstand the wind. They've been able to withstand all the forces of nature and still stand for 1,500 years. So, what's the secret? What's the secret to these trees? A lot of people would just assume that they must have really deep roots that go down deep into the earth. But they don't. Their roots only go about four feet into the earth. Very shallow for trees of this size. So what's the secret? Well, you'll never find one sequoia by itself. They're always in groves. They grow together and their roots become entangled with the roots of other trees to form a network and hold each other and then the trees form a barrier to the wind and the forces and the elements of the world. These trees stick together and that's how they're able to withstand the test of time. We need friends like those Sequoia trees to be with us. Those true friends that are there through all times. To thick and thin. That's what we need if we want to make it through life. Some of you are in here are saying, Well Matt, I'm just not outgoing. I'm not an extrovert. And I I, want to say this to those who are extroverts because sometimes extroverts are the worst at making true friends because they have too many friends. You know, the average Facebook user they say has 338 friends. You can really only have 5, 10, 15 really close friends in your life. You can have a lot of relationships but you can not have a lot of close friends. So sometimes extroverts are the worst at developing true friendships. So if you're an extrovert here I want to challenge you to go deeper with a few people. With a few people and say, hey, I really want to develop a relationship with you. Let's be friends. Let's be friends. Let's learn about the deeper things in our lives, not just be shallow. Not just be a mile wide and an inch deep. Bruce Waltke, a Bible scholar, said, Significance of friends is found in their quality, not quantity. If you want true friends, it's about quality, not the quantity of those relationships. For the rest of you who are introverts or kind of shy or have difficulty making friends, find just a few people. You're going to have to step out of your comfort zone. It's going to be awkward at first, but just develop a few relationships. You don't need a ton of true friends. You just need a few. You just need a few and just work on those relationships. Develop them and find the friends that can be there at all times and be the friends that can be there at all times. And that really leads us to our big idea today we're going to wrap all of these points up together, it is you need to be the friend you're looking for. You need to be the friend you're looking for. We're looking, searching, seeking out, carefully choosing our friends, but we need to be the friend first. We need to be the friend that we're looking for, that true friend. We need to be the friend who's careful about who we develop a relationship with. We need to be the friend who is sharpening other people. We need to be the friend who's with that person through thick and thin at all times. Be the friend you're looking for. The Roman poet Ovid said, If you would be loved, be lovable. If you want friends, be a friend. You've got to work on it. You've got to develop it. You've got to be intentional at cultivating relationships in your life. You've got to go lunches, coffees, phone calls to the person who's away out of state. You've got to be careful and and deliberate about it. You've got to schedule it. Our life gets so busy. Put it on your calendar. Okay, once a month I'm going to call this friend. Once every other month we're going to try to get together. You know, you have to be um, intentional about it so that you can develop the relationships you need. Be the friend that you're looking for. Be the friend you're looking for. I I do want to say here, as we're talking about this, a lot of us think in our lives and we say, I do wish I had those true friends, Matt, but I've had a lot of friends that have let me down had friends that weren't there for me at all times. Or maybe I haven't been that friend to someone else. I've had friends maybe that abandoned me and even betrayed me. Have you been there? We're all looking for those true friends and that's going to happen in life. And that's why we first need to be the true friend. And the reality is, is that we shouldn't expect to have perfect true friends all the time. We, we seek after it. We want to develop it. But even our Lord, Jesus Christ, had some tough friendships. Because he developed friendships over over three years span. He developed these close relationships with 12 guys. They were his buddies. He, he did all sorts of things with them. And three in particular, Peter, James, and John, he spent some of the most important, significant moments in his life with them. He shared everything with these guys. And yet, at his worst moment, they ditched him. They ditched him. He was praying in the garden, crying at his worst, lowest moment. And his friends couldn't even stay awake to pray with him. They fell asleep. And then it was one of those 12 friends, Judas, who betrayed him with a kiss. And when Jesus was arrested and put on trial, none of his friends were there. In fact, Peter denied him three times. Maybe Jesus' best friend denied him. that I even knew him. Jesus was betrayed and rejected. And then when they took, put a cross on him to execute him, to carry it to the hill of Golgotha, they couldn't even find anyone to help him carry the cross. He had to enlist some man to join in. No one was there for Jesus. And then as he was hanging on the cross, he said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He even felt a disconnection from his Father in heaven that moment. But on the cross, Jesus was rejected so that we could be accepted. He was forsaken so that we could be brought back to the Father. He had all his relationships abandoned him so that we could have a new relationship with our Father in Heaven and with Jesus himself, who says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus said, before he died, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And that's what Jesus did for his friends and for us. He gave everything for his friends even when they rejected him. And he said this in John 15:15. 15, 15, I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from the Father, I have made known to you. Jesus wants to be your friend, and he wants to be the person there when everybody else fanates you. When you don't have the true friendships you need, he is your friend. The Father wants to have a relationship with you. And that's an amazing thing because Jesus then gives us the example of how we can be good friends and true friends to others. And no matter what happens, we have a Father in Heaven who has a relationship with us. Today is the first Sunday of the month and we celebrate communion together as we remember what Jesus did on the cross. The band's going to come up and they're going to lead us in a final couple songs and we're going to take communion as a family, as friends, together right now. As we remember what Jesus did on the cross. Now, if you are a Christian, we want you to join with us. If you're not, you don't need to. You can become a Christian next month, join in with us, okay? So this is our time that we share this bread as a family. We share this cup as a family. And remember what Jesus did for us. So, we're doing it a little different. We We tried this last month, and we're going to do it again this month. We're going to pass out the bread and the cup to everyone as you're sitting down. I want you to hold both of them in your hand. Hold on to it until everyone in the church has it. And together, we're going to take the bread... And we're going to take the cup. Okay, would you pray with me? God, um, we need true friends. We long for it. We long for those deeper relationships. And I pray that you'd help us become the friends that we're looking for so that we might have those relationships in our lives through this church, through this community. I pray, God, that when we feel let down, that you would be there for us, that you would be our true friend. And above all, we would remember that you died on the cross, forsaken, rejected, ignored, denied, to bring us back to you. You said that we are your friends. And that's an amazing relationship we can have through your blood, through your body. And that's what we remember right now. So Jesus, help us be the true friends to others and to find those true friends in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.